Welcome back to part two of Destiny Massive Breakdowns. Oh, episode enthusiastic. 200 and... 14.2. 14. Yeah. So it was almost we, uh, good, and then I then I blinked on the episode number. We all, we we went really long on part one, uh, so I'm not sure if you listened to it or not. It was mostly just talking about firing range and then listener questions and housekeeping. But in part two, we're actually going to do the massive breakdown thing. We're going to talk about stasis, the stasis nurse. Our uh, our very very quick first uh, first look at it, um, and then we are going to break down the override weapons, which we have been promising you guys for a month, and we're finally going to get to. So I guess we should just hop right in with stasis. Let's do it. Uh, I am probably not going to read out every single little tiny thing uh, that's in this. Kind of just going to blow through it real quick, and then I'm going to talk about what I experienced. I played about eight games today. I'm going to talk about what I experienced in my eight games of control. Uh, so freeze durations were shortened down to 1.35 for non-super stuff. Uh, they reduced the bonus damage that like special and heavy weapons get to frozen players. Uh, slow no longer affects accuracy and instead increases flinch. Why, God, is that what they chose to do with it? But at least it no longer affects accuracy. Um, and it also doesn't suppress class abilities or air moves like Icarus Dash. Uh, Hadron's no longer gives bonus damage after freezing. Instead, it pretty much gives everything else Stability, aim assist, mobility, resistance, recovery, uh, which is pretty nice. Whisper of Rhymes will no longer give you overshields when you're in super. Cold snap grenades don't track after their initial target lock. It takes them 0.8 seconds instead of 0.3 to arm. The cold snap grenades were fucking destroyed. They destroyed cold snap grenades. They, yeah. The detonation radius is three meters uh, from three meters to one and a half meters, and they now bounce off walls and detonate on the ground. Uh, cold snap grenades are actual hot garbage right now. Or should I should say cold garbage. Um, speaking of cold garbage, Titan Behemoths really got the hatchet taken to them. Yeah, this was uh, people, uh, this was really harsh. People in the Discord were saying that that uh, they thought it was unwarranted, and I was like, "Well, fuck Behemoths, they deserve it." And now I'm actually like, "Oh, I kind of feel bad for Behemoths. This is this is pretty brutal." So, Shiver Strike reduced flight speed and distance, reduced knockback for players, uh, removed slow detonation on player impact. Um, I saw a video of someone using it today, and it is like noticeably different. It's like a slow airborne shoulder charge kind of thing now. That's that's not particularly great. Um, Cryoclasm now requires the Titan to sprint for one and a quarter seconds uh, before activation when not in super. And uh, Howl of the Storm, which is that stupid little freeze melee slide thing, uh, they reduce the angle of initial freezing. Uh, they reduce the crystal freezing radius. They slow down the sequence of crystal formation, and it spawns a small crystal on walls if performed into walls, which is neat. Uh, Glacial Quake, they reduce the heavy slam vertical freeze range versus players, and they reduce damage resistance from 50 to 47. Uh, based on my eight games today, I think I saw one behemoth, and he was like laughably weak and got destroyed. Um, I... I... I will give it to the people in the Discord who were who were worried about this um i think this might have been the tiniest bit of overkill on behemoth uh i no longer think that this is a dare i say good subclass yeah this was i mean like they hit they hit everything all at once i think behemoths are going to have to come back up yeah i don't think they're going to I think they're probably going to bring light subclasses up past it in, in the next season. Um, but so here's what I would say. Uh, Shiver Strike, I think it needed that change. Uh, Cryoclasm 
this isn't the change I would have made. I think it needed a change. I probably would have given it like a pretty long cooldown between uses. Uh, so you can just have it up all the time. I don't think I would have given a sprint to activate. I'm I'm personally not a fan of like delays to activate on perks. Yeah. Like at all. Right. Like I don't really like it on no distractions. I don't really like it on this. I don't really like it on kickstart. I understand why they do it. Um, because it forces you to like invest in activating that perk. Um, I would prefer it activate on like a kill or something, right? Or doing damage. Like there are a lot of other things that I would prefer it activates. I don't really like time to activate stuff. Um, I think it needed something. I don't think this was the right something, but uh, I definitely didn't see any of it at all today. And uh, and they. Howl of the Storm, I mean, I'm Howl of the Storm is incredibly frustrating to play against, so I'm glad I got something done to it. Um, and I think it's a bit much considering everything else that got changed, right? Like, I think if you had just taken down Shiver Strike and Cryoclasm, just those two things, like, I think Behemoth would have been in an okay spot. Like, a, a pretty strong super, um, some okay strong abilities... But like not broken, uh, so I maybe would have just done those two things and not even touched Howl of the Storm at all. Even though I find Howl of the Storm really frustrating, um, and then Glacial Quake, like Glacial Quake, I didn't even they reduced the damage resistance from fifty to forty seven. They reduced the heavy slam vertical freeze range versus players. I mean, I'm happy for it because I'm not a Behemoth player, but man, that's pretty rough. Forty seven damage resistance for that super is not not a ton. Um, and reducing the heavy slam vertical freeze range because you know you also your shiver strike your your distance that you can travel is now nerfed, so you can't fly ridiculously across the map like you could. Um, so I I think Titan Behemoths have been firmly firmly kicked uh, kicked to the curb. Yeah, I mean this this is like sort of like on the uh, on the level of like the uh, you remember the Nova Warp nerf. From when Nova Warp was was purple god of death, um, briefly, and then well, not even that briefly, but uh, relatively briefly, briefly in the grand scheme of things, and then just got completely, uh, its its teeth broken out, um, and then they had to they had to walk some of those back a little bit. I mean, this this could be on that order. Uh, it's early to say yet. Um, at least for me, uh, again, not not really spending a lot of time with the behemoth, but it seems like this may be something where they are going to need to walk back some of these changes, um, because they really they hit the toolkit and the super all at once, and none of it gently. So that's that's a lot. That's a lot all at once. For people to absorb. If they had made these changes over a period of time. One or two at a time. Uh, it would have been a little bit of a slower path. And maybe we would have stopped sooner. But boy. <laughs> you, you know what I find uh, funny. And Cool Guy said this. And, I, and obviously this is a huge generalization. But Cool Guy said this. He was like it's really funny that people were like. Literally remove stasis from PvP. And then they like nerfed the behemoth. And they were like oh wait no. Like the behemoth, it's useless now. It's like weren't like five days ago you were like literally disable stasis. Yeah. And now you're like, but my behemoth. And it's like, oh, okay. So 
Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I understand, though. I, I know that Titan players are not happy because they felt like they finally had, like, a pretty mobile subclass, and they just got it snatched away from them. So, you know, I, I feel the pain. I feel the pain. But uh, Hunter Revenant also got some nerfs. Not nearly, not nearly as strong of nerfs. Uh, the Withering Blade took a lot of them. Um, the slow duration is real short. Two and a half seconds to 1.5 seconds. The uh, Whisper Durant's extension is now only a half second. It was two. They dropped the damage from 65 to 45 and then after a bounce it further reduces to 30 they reduce the projectile speed by 10 percent, and they reduce tracking off after bounce off wall i can say officially that withering blades are super tremendously not op at all anymore like they are they tickle tickle you like it is barely useful to prime someone with it uh it is very difficult to finish someone off with them uh, they are they are definitely not anywhere near as strong as they once were. Yeah, I'm uh, honestly struggling to, to even know what the point of them is at this at this point in time. I would rather just have one and have it do like a little more, like just have it do what it did before, <laughs> but just have one of them. Like that would be that would be better uh, because I mean, like. they're just they're just not (laughs) they're not worth the animation time now uh unless i've like just got nothing else to do and i have to finish someone and hopefully they're absolutely like about to die because otherwise i'm not going to get it done yeah i mean that's pretty much the two uses that i've found for them um are i know for a fact someone's charging me uh, and I know they're about to round a corner, so I'll like throw one that they run into it, right? Um, the second one is if they're literally absolute, I'm trying to finish them off, and I'm from a little bit of a distance, and I'll do that, um, and I have no other option, or like I'm in the air or something. And the third thing is I still, I still bounce them off walls. Um, it's not as effective. It's still kind of effective. I'm mostly doing it just to like tickle someone or annoy them uh, or like let them know that like I know that they're there or like mark them as opposed to like actually trying to like, you know, prime a push. It's more like I see you camping behind that wall. Like I know you're there. I've just damaged you. You probably need to reposition or like I'm going to come up and get you. It's like one of those two type of things. It's like a poke as opposed to like before it was like a slap across the face. And now it's just like, yeah. So yeah, I mean, the, realistically, it's not it's not that they're bad. They still have a little bit of utility to them. Like I won a duel earlier today because I hit a guy with them, and then I started shooting him, and I like saw his gun like flinch up, and he just like missed all of his shots on me, and that made me think like, damn, I'm really gonna be frustrated when that happens to me because I already hate flinch, but it was like at the same time I also hated being inaccurate more. So it's like, you know. That is that is fair to say. Um, they do still have the slow effect, and being able to uh, give someone two seconds of higher flinch, I mean, like, I feel that it's morally wrong, but I'm probably going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It's definitely, I think, going to make me reconsider how I use them in PvP, though. Because I'm with the shorter duration, it feels like, like you you know, the way you described it, you're using it a little differently. For me, it was very much a tool of aggression. I would be priming people so that I could push. 
And that's just, that feels a lot riskier now. Because if I'm not right on top of them, or if they successfully evade, I've lost the initiative. Um, and that's, you know, it's, I guess it's, it's just kind of a, kind of a big change, I think, for maybe the way that, that I was playing with them. Anyway, let's, let's keep rolling here. Uh, Winter Shroud, reduced slow duration versus players from two and a half to one and a half seconds. Uh, reduced Whisper of Durant slow duration again. They already, they already noted that from two seconds to half a second. Um, and then Touch of Winter, Cold Snap, Seeker. No longer has increased movement speed or travel distance, and the Cold Snap Seeker now spawns a small stasis crystal on detonation. Um, so just just more more difficulty in trying to make Cold Snaps do anything meaningful. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, cold Cold Snaps are trash right now. So I mean, this just made sure that even if you were using Touch of Winter, they'd still be pretty bad. Like, uh, which I'm not entirely upset about, honestly. I mean, there's no way for them to balance Cold Snaps. Like, if they're good, then then everyone hates them, and if they're bad, then it's like, why is this in the game? Yeah, my experience with Revenants is that they're still just pretty strong. I mean, they've got a, a good kit they've got the ability to get crazy stat splits which is which is really huge um they've got bakris which is probably one of the biggest ones like revenants are still strong um for sure i would expect that they're still going to be one of the most used subclasses uh, i just don't think that they're going to be as crazy uh frustrating to play against especially combined with the super nerf they just got that decreased the radius of the super so yeah um still pretty effective for uh for area control though um, yeah. You just have to be I mean, a little more, a little more precise than you did before. I mean, the great news about this for me is like this changes my style of play. Literally, not at all. I already wasn't using Winter Shroud. I already don't use Touch, uh, or I use Touch of Winter, but I use it with Glacier Grenades. Um, I already was using the Withering Blades not as an aggressive tool, but as a defensive tool. So, like, I went and played today, and I was like, oh, this changes literally almost nothing in my play style. The only thing that's different is that when I freeze someone with a Glacier Grenade. I have to shatter dive much more quickly uh, than I would have prior to it. So um, I will probably still maintain a a revenant, but it's actually it's actually almost a buff by proxy because the behemoth is weaker now, uh, which was the revenant's main competition. Yeah. Um, and in my experience playing today, like as a revenant, I didn't run into any behemoths, which is fantastic uh, because those are usually like the most frustrating things for me to play against. And they're gone. Um, now, that being said, I ran into about 10 million more Top Tree Dawns, uh, a significant amount more Spectral Blades. Um, so nature is healing. And uh, <laughs> things are going back to how they should be, apparently, in Destiny. But yeah, then we've also got the Shade Binder, uh, the Penumbral Blast, which is the melee. Uh, they reduce the tracking and proximity debt versus players. They reduce the freeze radius uh, versus players when impacting the environment. Almost cut it in half from 2.7 to 1.5. So Penumbra Blast, definitely getting a uh, getting a nerf. Uh, Ice Flare Bolts now only chain once when a player is shattered. Uh, Winter's Wraith, the freezing projectile strength, now ramps down to zero after two seconds of flight. So they will continue to fly, but they will no longer track. Whereas for some weird thing, they buffed it to like track for 10 seconds a, you know, a patch ago. And then they were like, oh, nope, didn't mean to do that. Put it back to zero. Yeah. So. Well, I think it still scales a little differently now, but it, it stops scaling after two seconds. So. Yeah. I, I saw a couple. Um, 
I mean, I saw a couple shade binders. They seem to be uh, about the same. I mean, the super was a little bit less ridiculous. Um, they seem to be about the same as they were. So, you know, I think Revenant and shade binder are still going to be relatively strong classes. I think Revenant will be on top, shade binder next. Uh, I think, you know, Top Tree Dawn will obviously still probably be the preferred Warlock subclass and then followed by Chaos Reach. Uh, but it's actually, you know, season of the warlock right now. It's like three warlock subclasses are in the top, what I would say, five for subclasses. Yeah. No Titan subclasses now that Behemoth has been uh, has been kicked to the curb. So. Yeah. Um, warlocks. Warlocks have some good choices right now for sure. Um, and I I believe uh, Devourer Warlock was actually named as like a uh, a possible benchmark for like where they'd like to see all subclasses um in that in that firing range interview um, well it, yeah i mean they they it's interesting that and uh and weighted knife hunter um basically what kevin was saying is like look like those aren't the strongest subclasses right but you can like build into them and they have like a they have like a theme like a character that you play when you are that subclass and they allow you a lot of strength if you use them well, but they don't like define your entire experience when you're playing like top tree Dawn does, or like some of the stasis subclasses pre nerf did. Right. Like it's not like this is the only thing I do is Icarus dash and celestial fire when you're top tree Dawn. Right. Like weapons are meaningless. I dash around the map in the air. Um, Devour is a little bit more focused. Weighted knife is a little bit more focused. And they provide you with a lot of potency if you use them well, but they're not meta-defining on their own. Yeah. And I think that's what he was going for. But then the other part of him was also like, fuck it, let's do anime. Top Tree Dawn for everything. And so, you know, I see where both are coming from, but like we've seen what a meta of Top Tree Dawns looks like with Stasis, right? Because as much as people want to complain, like Top Tree Dawn was still competitive with stasis, not stasis at its absolute peak, but with the most recent iteration of stasis, Top Tree Dawn was still competitive. Yeah, and right. I, I saw plenty of it, and it was very good. And ve- there's really not a lot you can do against someone who's who's decent except hide. So that's that. Uh, stasis, my first impressions after eight games were, like I said, I saw pretty much like one behemoth. Um, Revenant still seemed pretty solid to me as long as you weren't abusing, like, you know the slow dodge and cold snaps if you were if you were abusing the the slow dodge cold snaps and with uh withering blade like you're probably no longer a revenant man because all three of those things got touched and there were players out there who 100 percent were abusing that exact build um so well a lesson is learned was uh, that you were you no abusing that no exact? i actually oh, okay. wasn't um i i that's the kind of thing that I would do, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of like I'd spent so much time playing Stasis that I've actually been playing a lot of uh, Night Stalker recently, and um, like, you know, there wasn't as much Night Stalker going around, and so being invisible was something that people just didn't expect, and uh, it was good fun for a few weeks, and then I started playing Revenant again, and I was like, oh yeah, this is this is really strong. <laughs> yeah i mean i've the problem is is i've gotten used to the shattered eye defense and like i'm not sure how i could ever do without that now like it is <laughs> such a great counter to rushers 
and I use it so incredibly often um, that I just, I don't know what I would do without it. Right. Like I, I, that is entirely my, that's the reason why I can run messenger the monarch and be legitimately like not scared of shotgun pushers is because I can shatter dive at my feet and instantly kill anyone who comes within five meters of me, you know, which is great. So, uh, yeah, I'll be sticking with Revenant shade binder. Like I said, I saw a couple shade binders. They were pretty much what they were before this they just they're super i wasn't like oh god it's gonna hunt me down around walls like i was with their super before which i think is great like i said top tree dawn a lot of top tree dawn yeah lot of top tree dawn it's very uh, good good bit of spectral blades um actually saw a number of golden guns which i was kind of impressed with uh i would say golden gun was the was you know the third highest uh represented light subclass which was impressive um titans you know they exist i didn't see i saw a defender uh, i saw a couple hammer titans it uh didn't didn't see i saw a middle tree striker i think i, I mean I, I will say this like stasis was not more than 50 percent of any match that i was in for eight matches i think that in itself is very impressive yeah it says a lot right there well, we've got some guns to talk to uh, to talk through here. Um, All right. Well, I suppose we could either start with uh, our favorite weapons, or we could start with ignition code, the grenade launcher, since we've already kind of talked about uh, grenade launchers a little bit. What What are you thinking? Let's. Uh, I mean, you've already name dropped it. Let's Let's dive right into ignition code, um, and it's. I think maybe something that that's going to be on people's minds, especially if they've heard about the uh well the inventor of the slide shot grenade launcher who was uh who was brave enough to own up to it i have to respect even if i don't approve yeah it is uh it is pretty well and truly an interesting grenade launcher um it was funny that he made the conscious decision to put slide shot on it but let's talk stats first uh obviously it is a uh it is a kinetic lightweight, which means it's one of the breach action grenade launchers. Uh, which means it's one of the breach action grenade launchers. Uh, as always, the blast radius is 55. Uh, the velocity is 75, which is which is pretty typical. Uh, they're all between like 68 and 79, really. So they're not. Uh, it's kind of closer to the high end of it. Uh, the stability, not that it matters, is 35. It is literally useless. Uh, the reload speed is 68, but if you get the right roll, you won't care about that. The handling is 68, which is kind of on the kind of on the lower end. Uh, actually, I guess it is the lowest end, but they're all between like 68 and 75. So it's not like it's bad handling by any stretch of the imagination. Inventory is 64, aim assist is 71. Not really sure how much that does for you. Mag size is one. So stat wise, the thing is with like in my opinion, with these uh, guns, the only stats that really matter are velocity, uh, handling if you're going to be blinting, and then like reload speed, but reload speed only if you don't get the perks that you're really looking for, right? Um, blast radius is obviously something that uh, that is also pretty helpful to have, um, but with uh, but with breach action grenade launchers, like you're kind of going for 
getting as close to the person as you possibly can, right? Because you either want to direct hit them to kill them or get as close to them as possible so that you uh, do enough damage that you can swap over and blint. Um, but that being said, I've also become super lazy and proximity grenades is just like so easy. And I know it decreases the blast radius, but like I just love using these guns as like fire and forget and just like I literally pull the trigger and just immediately swaps my other weapon. And like I'm almost like I don't even care. Like it's gonna hit somewhere near you and it's gonna blow up and it's gonna do damage to you. And I'm basically entering into an engagement with you already pre-damaged. And I know that there are people out there who are much better who are like, oh, screw that. Like you can't you can't lethal hit someone because it will proc stat close to them and it will, you know, it won't kill them because it will proc stat and won't do enough damage. It's like, yeah, I don't really care. Like I'm switching my primary anyways. Like I've pretty much there are better players than me who are like, I'm a direct hit everything. I've pretty much like given up on the dream of direct hitting people. Like it got to the point where I was just like using the waveform grenade launchers and like just shooting them into the ground and hitting the people with the waves and stuff like that. I actually thought that was really fun too. That That is kind of a fun thing to do. Although definitely has uh, has limited use cases, but um, yeah, I mean, I, this is a, uh, this is stat wise. This is pretty much what you, what you expect um, from these grenade launchers. Um, sorry, I was a little distracted there for a minute because I was just like, "Oh, I just I just realized Orwing's Mall is uh is unique, and yet it's also like the one that I use most often to blend." Um, and I realized it's because of the perks and not because of the stats. But yeah, I realized it's basically because I've got Proxstat and Quick Draw. Um, and a, and a blast radius masterwork with volatile launch, so it's got the fifty-five blast radius, but it also has, you know, the the exact perfect perks for blending. Um, so that yeah, said, uh, it does not have slide shot. No, the only one that ever does is ignition code. So, uh, yeah. So what we're looking for when we look for barrel perks, you know, I personally, um, because I'm going with proximity grenades, I'm probably going to go with blast radius. Uh, you know, velocity is super, super useful, especially if you're going for direct hits, like velocity is tremendously useful. Uh, it just makes it so much easier. I mean, we saw what high velocity does with the mountaintop. You know, it flattens out the arc a little bit. It just makes it way easier to time hitting someone when you don't have to think so much about leading them. Um, but for me personally, because I'm not, I'm going with proximity grenades. I want blast radius because proximity grenades is a negative 10 to blast radius. Um, so for me, what am I looking for? I'm looking for a volatile launch first, which is plus 15. I would look for something like linear compensator, you know, which is plus five. Uh, those would be probably my two preferred. And I'd stay away from stuff like hard launch that actually takes blast radius away. Uh, you could also do confined launch, which is plus 10, but it takes away nine from velocity, whereas volatile launch only takes away five from velocity and goes plus 15 to blast radius. So, you know, Volatile Launch does hurt your handling by a little bit, but it's only by five. So I still feel like Volatile Launch is worth it. Yeah, I would agree. Um, in, a, in a world where you're going for proximity debt, which is which is also generally the way that I would play these, um, where I want to spend less time thinking and more time swapping uh, to another weapon, Volatile Launch, I think, is going to make the most sense. Um, that said, if you are wanting to try to max out the velocity, if that's something that's important to you, 
herd launch, I think, is the uh, the easy choice with plus 13 velocity. It penalizes the stability, big whoop, and it also gives you a blast radius penalty, but it's only minus 3. Um, and so if you're aiming for that direct hit, that really shouldn't be a big deal. Um, and that can line you up for spike grenades. Um, if you really want to push the velocity, you can get high velocity rounds in the uh, the mag slot, which um, which should push the velocity up to 97, actually, which should be, I, I guess, just about as fast as a grenade can go. Yeah, um, and then for the the the. I guess the grenades, because it's not a magazine. Uh, obviously, I said that I already want proximity grenades. Um, if I didn't want proximity grenades for PvP, it'd be high-velocity rounds. That's like the other side of the coin, where it's like max velocity. Um, you can also do spike grenades for PvE, which is going to give you the increased damage uh, if you direct hit a combat. And I'm pretty sure that's the only thing you're going to want for PvE, correct? Yep. If it's uh, if, if for PvE, spike grenades is uh, is the big winner there. Um, and then you want hard launch for sure to uh, to hit them as hard as you can. It's it's a uh, I believe it's a fifty percent damage increase on the impact damage only, so it won't affect the explosion, but uh, it will definitely affect the outcome of the shot. Um, it is a big noticeable damage buff. Right, and then for me because I'm focusing mostly on this for PvP, there's really only two perks that I want. Uh, in trade slot one, I want slide shot, which obviously allows me to auto reload whenever I slide. And in trade slot two, I want thresh, which gives me super energy on kills. Um, the other option, you could maybe do Vorpal, uh, but I mean, I don't know, actually. I don't know that I've ever used a breach action grenade launcher with Vorpal against the super before. I would imagine that it would not one hit kill. In fact, and even. Hmm. If you direct hit a super with spike grenades and vorpal, would it one hit kill? Uh, I... That's a good question. I don't have I don't have numbers to to speak to that. Yeah, I don't know if it would. If it would, then that would be interesting. I think I would still take Thresh over it. Um, the other options are pretty PvE oriented: Demolitionist, One for All, Frenzy, and uh, a new one called Danger Zone, which is the blast radius increases when you are surrounded by combatants. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you have some more options on the PVE side of things. Slide shot is still just really useful because reloading grenade launchers pretty much always sucks. And um, you know that's fair, given given the fact that they do hit pretty hard, uh, especially in PVE. They hit well, not even especially, but in PVE they hit quite hard. Slide shot makes the reload obviously very easy, very convenient. Uh, that said, field prep is not a bad choice. Uh, you can crouch for a faster reload, and it's also going to give you a significant buff to your inventory size, which means more grenades being launched. Um, Ambitious Assassin is great because you get two in the magazine for a breach grenade launcher, which is fantastic. Uh, I really, really like that. That's actually one of my other perks in PvP that I'm like, uh, I really don't know if it should have this because it's not terribly difficult to get a single kill. And then if you have the ammo to immediately then have two, which especially if you have like prox grenades and you have two in the chamber with a grenade launcher is like basically a free kill. 
upcoming. So, you know, that's another one like uh, Ambitious Assassin, Slideshot, are uh, Proxtet. Like, those are ones that I like kind of have issues with on Breach Action Grenade Launchers just because they almost entirely remove the downsides of like, you have to time the grenade launcher or direct hit for it to be good. And Proxtet's like, haha, no, you don't. And Slideshot's like, what is reloading? And Ambitious Assassin's like, hey, this is literally impossible based on the model of the gun, but you have two grenades in this grenade launcher. So, yeah, yeah, Ambitious Assassin is, uh, it's something. It's definitely something. Um, you know, again, you have to have the, uh, the ammo available. So it's not something that you can use in PvP just straight up by default. But, if you manage you to kill scavengers. somebody and they they drop a special brick, and you've got your scavenger on as you as you should, in that situation, then uh, then yeah, you can absolutely go there, and um, and someone's going to be real surprised when they get hit with two grenades in a row, for sure. Um, it's also totally usable in PVE. Because it's very easy to, uh, with a single grenade, get two or three kills if you manage to hit a group of red bars. Um, and so that can that can chain. As long as you keep getting ammo, you could end up with, uh, I guess it maxes at 50%, so it's always going to be two. But you could end up chaining that, always having two in the mag for quite a long time. Um, so it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a choice that you can make, and it's not a bad one. It's good. And and with the buff we talked about earlier where you don't have to if you do not if you're not like me and you actually decide, hey, I want to be good with this gun, and you don't use proximity debt, and you actually decide that you want to try to hit your targets, which I highly recommend you should, because that is the higher skill ceiling version of this gun. Yeah. And I'm saying that right now because the Discord is already gonna be upset with me. They're gonna be like, Prox stat sucks on these, blah 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 blah. And like I know. But I also suck with them, and I'm lazy, and that's how I want to do this. So for everyone else, just go with your velocity, go with your direct hits. But what I'm saying is, like, there is a you know a version of this gun that is uh, that is every bit as good as you know Salvager Salvo, and it's probably the you know obviously Mountaintop was like literally the Mountaintop, and Salvager Salvo Salvo is like a step down. And then this is like around that, especially with slide shot. Like it is, you know, probably the the best grenade launcher for PvP or the second best grenade launcher for PvP. I'm I'm sure there are people out there that will argue that they've got a true teller that just has the absolute best freaking roll on it. Um, but I I really think slide shot just gives a whole bunch of utility to ignition code that no other grenade launcher can really match right now. Uh, it definitely makes it a unique choice. And uh, an opportunity to get a unique roll on a weapon is one that I I think is really hard to pass up. Um, and so whether or not you think it it is, you know, exceptionally strong in the game right now or not, I think it's worth having. Um, because there may come a time when you change your mind and uh, and you find that it is in fact exactly what you need, and you can't get it anywhere else. So ignition code right there, um, just automatically, uh, is kind of an attention getter, um, which is a good place to start. But let's. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to add on this gun. 
No, I'm good with that. Do you want to move on to uh, to farewell, which is the sidearm? Well, I was gonna say we should leave farewell for last. Oh, because it's because it's saying goodbye. Uh, but it. I'm also like least excited about farewell, and I kind of want to say the best for last, which would be grid grid skipper and chroma rush yeah. because those are both very good. Yeah, that's that that's 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 reasonable. Um, we can we can say our goodbyes now and uh, and then talk we'll about the good stuff later. To farewell, right? So uh, farewell is a lightweight. What that means is, if you guys are familiar with anonymous autumn or the seven sayer sidearm, those are the uh, those are the best comparisons for it. Uh, the range is abysmal at twenty six. Um, for example, anonymous autumn was thirty two. I'm going to use an anonymous autumn as the comparison because it's probably the one most people are familiar with. Um, the stability is not great at 46, Anonymous Autumn was 50. The reload speed's pretty good at 54, Anonymous Autumn was 50. Uh, the handling is 68, which is also pretty good, Anonymous Autumn was 64. Aim Assist, also pretty decent, 71. Uh, recoil Direction is 96, which is good, Max Size is 15. Uh, so you're basically trading better reload speed handling and Aim Assist for worse range and stability compared to Anonymous Autumn. Um, I'm going to be entirely honest, I know that some people swear by the lightweights. Um, I have just not found them to be. I mean, they're they're super super forgiving. I think the optimal TTK is like three crits and two bodies, which is like a joke to hit in 0.67 seconds. Uh, but the range is abysmal. The stability is not great. Um, I have just found that these that I, you know, it all comes back to the adaptive adaptive sidearms just feel so good. And when I'm not using one of the adaptives, then I'm using one of the adaptive burst or one of the aggressive burst or now even the Suros rapid fire, like the full auto, uh, the fool's remedy from Iron Banner. Um, and I've just, I have not been impressed with the lightweight sidearms compared to any of those other archetypes. Uh, I, I would say that my experience has been largely similar. It's a, it's a rare day when someone kills me with an uh, anonymous autumn. And uh, it's largely because they just lack the range to be effective. Um, you know, so it's it's like somebody said recently, uh, a gun can have all the aim assist in the world, but if the range is really short, you're never going to feel that aim assist because your target is always too far away. Um, and that's really, I think, where the lightweights are at. They have pretty good aim assist. It's not the best, um, and that's that's actually part of the argument against them is that it isn't the best. But it's it's pretty it's a pretty decent amount. Um, but they have very short range, and decent aim assist and short range is just not a combination that's going to win gunfights when you have other sidearms that have great aim assist and also pretty good range, um, and pretty good stability. So, I, you know, it's like you said, the adaptives, hands down, are just uh, stronger. Uh, the aggressive bursts, even, I think, um, because they have a lot more range, are much easier to use. You don't have to get as close to take someone down. So, that you know, the optimal time to kill is a bit longer, but the body shot time to kill is much, much faster. And you can be relatively far away and pull it off so you've got that going for you um honestly even the precisions i think might be better just because 
you can outrange them. They're going to hit, they're going to, you know, the lightweights are going to hit damage fall off against the precisions. Um, so it's, it's just, it's a rough pocket to be in. And that's just assuming that we're only looking at sidearms. Lord forbid somebody has a shotgun. Um, they better not see you because uh, you're not going to win. It's, uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just not an archetype that's competitive right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, and <clears throat> you know, even if it, even if you wanted to improve the range, like the range stat just does so little on sidearms. Um, I guess I'm guessing that the best range that you're realistically going to be able to get is something like you know hammer forged rifling and accurized rounds, and I think that bumps the range up to 44. And I don't have the range calculator uh, out in front of me. Um, but I'm pretty certain that that is only going to be like a meter and a half of additional useful range, right? Like, I, I just don't think, um, I mean, so here, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll do this now. So what's the, uh, what's the base range? The base range is, uh, is 26. Is that what it is? 26 is the base. You could. Okay. So 26 base range. Uh, the minimum range in your ADS is about 14 meters, and at 44, uh, it's 15.4. So yeah, a meter and a half additional. Um, you could throw on rangefinder, which is probably gonna you know while you're ADS buy you an extra, I don't know, tenth of a meter. Rangefinder will meter. actually give you rangefinder will actually give you um an entire like rangefinder is a much better option basically for increasing range uh so much so to the point that like with these guns i i I don't entirely ignore range on the barrel and the mag but i would much rather go with like small bore and steady rounds um, or or something that gives me some stability because you know keep in mind these things have a fast rate of fire and their stability sucks too so especially like you know they're they they jump a decent amount um so it would not upset me to go with like small bore steady rounds rangefinder, which I actually think is probably the better option there. But again, you know, it, and it says that the range is like 15 meters. Honest to God, with a sidearm, that's pretty freaking generous. Like, I don't actually find them to be super useful at 15 meters. Um, the lightweights, I mean, again, that could be part of it because their stability is crap and it's like, you know, range is the stat that is dependent. So it's like aim assist is dependent on range, but then range is dependent on stability, right? You can have all the range in the world, but if the gun's not stable and it's jumping all over the place, you can't hit anything, the range doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. So the sad thing is that um, this gun has tunnel vision and multi kill clips, which would be just a fantastic combination if you didn't actually like actively need more range in order to compete. So that's just I mean, kind guess, of a bummer right there. I guess what you could try to do is you could try to max range with hammer forged and accurized rounds and then go heating up multi-kill clip. Because heating up lasts for about you know seven or eight seconds, which is enough time for you to reload yeah. with a multi-kill clip. And heating up gives you improved accuracy and stability. So that might help you right there. But you still have to get that kill first before you can activate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely uh, an option. Um, 
possibly the best one. I mean, there are, there are a couple of ways that you could try to work it to make this gun better than it is. But I think the bottom line is it's still... It's just... It's in an archetype that's just not that strong. And there's only so much you can do with perks to make a gun that just base baseline is not strong better. Um, yeah. And it sucks because it has good perks. Like you said, tunnel vision, great. Heating up, great. Rangefinder, great. Yeah. Moving target, pretty good if you didn't have those other three. And the last slot, it's got Frenzy, which is good for PvE. It's got Adrenaline Junkie, which is pretty good for PvE. It's got Multi-Kill Clip, which is great for PvP and PvE. It's got Thresh, which is great for both. It's got Vorpal, which isn't tremendously good on a sidearm, but it exists, right? So it's like, it's got a good perk set, just kind of a weak archetype. Yeah. Yep, I think that's I think that's basically where it sits. Well, let's okay. move right along. You, you want to do Chroma Rush? Yeah, let's talk about Chroma Rush. Let's talk about it. So, Chroma Rush is a rapid-fire auto-rifle, as I think many of us are aware at this point in time. Uh, base range of 32, which is pretty much par for the course with the rapid-fires. I guess it's technically on the low end. Um, the high end, though, is 35, which would be uh, like Misfit or Valakadin. Uh, so it's not like you're really missing out on a whole ton there. The stability is 60, which is actually the high end for that archetype, um, matched only by uh, Reckless Oracle. Uh, it's got 52 in reload speed, which again is is technically on the low end, but really is pretty much pretty much the standard, pretty much average. Um, Handling is 42, which actually is the low end uh, for weapons in that archetype. However, it has aim assist of 80, which is uh, a notable uh, bit of an outlier there. It's uh, it's four higher than the highest base aim assist on any other rapid fire, uh, the, the competitor being the Misfit. Uh, it's got 45 recoil direction, which is uh, not the worst, but it is the second worst among the rapid fire autos. Uh, pretty terrible, but they're all pretty terrible. Uh, the best is 59 on Reckless Oracle. So, you know, it's 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 a low bar, is what I'm saying. Um, the the recoil is just going to be kind of sideways, and then it's got a mag size of 51, which is pretty much standard. Um, so stat wise, uh, I think it's pretty solid, honestly, for that archetype. Uh, it it's more or less average in a number of places, but it does stand out in stability and aim assist, which are, I think are the two places that a rapid fire auto rifle needs to stand out in order to be worth chasing. I would agree with that. I mean, the only thing that I, that really holds me back from it, I actually think the seven twenties are a little bit underrated. I think that in a lot of cases, uh, people who like smgs in particular aggressive smgs would enjoy the 720 rpm autos i feel like they're better than uh smgs in pretty much every meaningful way you know they do more damage they have better range they uh have bigger magazine sizes like the ttks are are you know moderately close to uh the same thing um i actually think chroma rush is a pretty great gun you know the one drawback that it has is that the recoil direction is so incredibly low but what's funny about it is that it's actually so stupidly low that it's almost less 
vertical jump because it's so horizontal yeah that it's like almost a tighter grouping than you know than if you were to have like a 75 recoil direction now that being said it's a lot harder to control because it's moving very you know dynamically side to side and i really don't enjoy that a ton especially on um, especially on controller i don't enjoy that a ton but it does have a lot of perks that you can use to to bump that up and and once you get the recoil direction up either through something like heating up or through arrowhead brake or through chamber compensator uh, i mean the gun is very stable and very sticky and those are two things i'm always looking for in auto rifles so what i'll say um in in my my experience with these guns which i've used a fair amount i was a big fan of valakadin back in the day um I always felt like that gun was underrated, and uh, I mean, I think the stats might bear me out a little bit there, um, but I never felt like the recoil was an issue on them. Um, I felt like if you were able to do some things to improve the stability, to improve the range, um, and then maybe, you know, throw in a target in a gesture mod or something. Uh, just for that little extra touch of aim assist, you could pretty much ignore the fact that the recoil was terrible because the gun would be so sticky so long as you were within the intended range that it was just irrelevant. Um, as long as you were more or less holding it like in the vicinity of their head, the bullets would find their way to where they were supposed to be. Um, and uh, we didn't, I guess we didn't talk about time to kill, um, but the optimal time to kill is 0.77 seconds. Um, that is with nine crits and one body. The body shot time to kill is 1.17 seconds with 15 body shots. So it's, uh, I mean, it, it, it's not it's super good. forgiving on the optimal side, but like that's a very fast body shot time to kill for a weapon that is not a sidearm or an SMG. Um, that is just barely above smg body shot time to kill um it's 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 solid and then you know if you if you consider i i guess uh i didn't have the accuracy adjusted time to kill pulled up um but i suppose we could flip over and take a look at that real quick uh it's 0.83 seconds with seven crits and four bodies so that's so. solid yeah it's very easy um no, they're they're great guns. Uh, you know, as far as auto rifles go, yeah. Uh, obviously, auto <laughs> rifles in the current in the current sandbox um, have their limitations because so much of the gunplay takes place at longer distances thanks to one twenties. Uh, Mida is obviously pretty strong right now. We got pulse rifles that are pretty strong. So, uh, I I thought maybe precision autos would kind of supplant six hundreds as the most used autos, but actually, Chroma Rush seems to have done that. Uh, despite coming from an archetype that really didn't see any, it didn't see any real buffs. Uh, I think just the high base stability and high base aim assist is kind of enough. Um, I have played around with these guns a lot. Uh, I have come to the conclusion that at the ranges I'm wanting to use them at, which is like sub 25 meters, um, I enjoyed uh, maxing stability more than I enjoyed either maxing range or mixing the two. Um, that's me. I'm a controller player. Mouse and keyboard may be quite different, but what I found was that I performed best when I basically just went all in to stability. So again, you know, polygonal rifling, 
and tactical mag or flared madwell you do small bore and steady rounds something like that uh that's that's what i found uh my sweet spot to be i w- i think that's uh i think that's a pretty solid assessment um it you know it's always nice to avoid doing anything to hurt the range um if at all possible so if you you know if you get steady rounds i think you probably want to like have small bore or something to avoid tanking it because you don't want to be hitting damage fall off any sooner than you're already going to um but you know there are a bunch of different uh barrel perks that do some nice things for stability um you know polygonal rifling like you mentioned small bore is is a solid choice chambered compensator is not bad especially if you do want to maybe adjust that recoil direction up just a little bit um doesn't hurt anything there um and uh and yeah i think you know if you don't have steady rounds flared magwell is is super solid tactical mag also a solid choice both are gonna are gonna give you a little bit of extra stability um i wouldn't i wouldn't want like accurized rounds I think even if I had a stability-only perk in the barrel column, I'd still rather have Tactical Mag or Flared Magwell. Um, because I don't think we need a ton more range. Nah, no, I really don't. I uh, don't need a ton more magazine either with uh, 51 shots in the magazine by base. But we don't. can't hurt to take a couple more in there. Um, for perks... I mean, I'm finding it really hard to not just prioritize uh, prioritize tunnel vision and heating up pretty much on all these new guns. Um, those perks are both so, so incredibly strong. Like, it's it's rare that we get a perk uh, that affects accuracy or aim assist in such a strong, noticeable, and lasting manner. Um, usually perks that we have that affect accuracy are like opening shot, eye of the storm, right? Like dynamic sway reduction, where it's very small, minimal effects, uh, they kind of are there and then gone. Um, heating up is a very noticeable effect yeah. that lasts for a very long time. Tunnel vision is as well. Uh, now, tunnel vision obviously procs off of reload, which to me means that it goes fantastic with stuff like kill clip and multi-kill clip. Uh, but don't sleep on heating up because it lasts for so long that as long as you don't tank your reload, you can generally reload and still get three to four seconds out of heating up uh, You know, with a, with a kill clip damage bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two super, super strong perk choices there. Um, I also wouldn't be upset at all if I about getting a moving target. Um, I think that's going to give you just uh, that little extra ability in a in a duel to maybe uh, come out on top. Um, and then the final perk column has great choices as well. Um, you know, if you got maybe. Uh, Feeding Frenzy or something else in that first column, tap the trigger is going to give you a nice boost of stability and accuracy on initial trigger pull um, for almost the amount of time it takes to kill somebody. Um, If you're taking this into PvE and you plan for some reason on just firing continuously, there's always dynamic sway reduction and tap the trigger for just perfect stability throughout the entire clip, but I think stronger choices for PvP are going to be Kill Clip, Rampage, and Thresh. And those are also, uh, Rampage and Thresh particularly, are going to be pretty strong choices for PvE as well. 
Yeah, obviously for PvE, you're probably going to be looking for Feeding Frenzy or Subsistence, right? And uh, Subsistence and Rampage is like a god-tier pairing for PvE on this gun. Um, but Just like Thresh, and Carrots. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Feeding Frenzy and Kill Clip is good, too. I, I really do like the one that you pointed out, the Tap the Trigger Dynamic Sway for PvP. I mean, it's a super fun little thing. Like, it's not it doesn't it doesn't take a kill to trigger right like all it does is take just firing the gun and you know uh dynamic or tap the trigger lasts for like two-thirds of a second dynamic sway activates after like one second so you have like a third of a second where you're like just normal accuracy but between that like you're good on both of them and it actually does make a difference it's not as big as heating up but it also doesn't require a, a kill to activate it um, I mean, heating up and tunnel vision are so good that like moving target, which has historically been one of my tier one, like easy go-to perks. Uh, I would like actually kind of be disappointed on this gun if I got it compared to some of the other ones, but no, Chroma Rush is a really, really good gun for an off meta pick, uh, for PVP, right? Like I'm not going to go out there and tell you like take Chroma Rush into trials and you're going to beat every 120 you find, but I am going to say that if you give it a shot, I think you will find that it's. Uh, that's pretty tremendous there's some fantastic perk options good good stats uh and yeah i i think chroma rush is definitely one of the i don't even know if it's a hidden gem but it's definitely one of the gems of this season yeah absolutely uh it's just a a big a big reason for it i think is that the perk pools are fairly constrained and mostly full of perks that are useful on this archetype of weapon um it's just it's just solid all around oh well you want to move on to grid skipper then saving the best for last grid skipper is the one that i like am in love with from this from this purple it's actually a little bit unfortunate that i discovered the monarch so soon after it because otherwise it'd be the only thing i'd be using it'd be this and this and bastion would probably be the go-to but grid skipper is actually fantastic and it really is really it's a really rare archetype we hardly ever get rapid fire pulse rifles in d2 anymore um, so I'm very happy to see this come in. Uh, in terms of stats, let's take a look at it. Uh, you know, other rapid fires we've got, we've got Time Worn Spire from Iron Banner. I think it's the only other one that is not Sunset. Um, and then in the past, we've had Claws of the Wolf from Iron Banner. We've had Horrors Least, which comes from the uh, the Corrupted Strike. We've had Outlast from the Reckoning. Obviously, we had Lincoln Green way back in Vanilla D2, which was my favorite at that point in time. Uh, you know, TTK is going to be a 0.80 seconds. It does take seven crits and two bodies. Uh, that's not tremendously hard or easy. It's kind of like a little bit middle of the road there. Um, it's a pretty decently fast TTK, 0.8 seconds. Not bad at all. Uh, body shot TTK is 1.40 seconds. Also relatively decent as far as it goes. That's with 14 body shots. Uh, now, when we look at the stats, um, it has the thing that all rapid fire pulses have where every one of their stats is horrendous for pulse rifles. Uh, so you kind of just have to, with the exception of aim assist, which is always tremendous, but uh, everything else is bad. Terrible range, terrible stability, bad reload speed, handling, recoil direction, all of it. It's just all bad because that's how they made rapid fires. But uh, the range is 40, uh, which is, you know, middle of the road. There's actually a pretty wide variance in, in, uh, in rapid fires. They go all the way from 34 at the low end to 43 up on the top end. Um, and this one's 40, so you know it's kind of upper upper middle. Uh, stability, it's 52, uh, which is pretty okay. You know, you've got Time War Inspired with 54. The worst one is Claws of the Wolf, which had a 45, uh, but it's it's definitely not what I would call good. 
um, for reload speed, 42 actually is pretty good. Uh, that's the highest by like four full points. Um, most of them are in the mid to low 30s. So, or I say the mid 30s. Um, when you look at handling, it's 34. That's pretty much middle of the road. Now, Horror's Least has 22 for handling, which is really awful. Uh, but Outlast has 36. Outlast is from The Reckoning, by the way, if you guys remember that. Now, Aim Assist is great. Aim Assist is 80, but they're all, they all have Aim Assist between like 78 and 82. So it's right in the middle, but that's super, super high aim assist for a pulse rifle. Uh, and then the recoil direction is 55. And because it ends in a five, what does that mean? It means we don't want to slap a counterbalance mod on it because it's going to make it end in a zero. And whatever benefit you get from having it be, uh, you know, a higher recoil direction stat is going to be negated by the fact that the recoil direction ends in a zero, which means that the recoil pretty much is, uh, is not going to be as vertical as you would want it to be. So you said that you have found it to be fine with nothing on it at all affecting recoil direction, just plain base 55, you're happy with it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I still follow that old philosophy. Um, and I think I think you've really articulated it maybe first, but uh, before you put a counterbalance mod on something, try it without. And um, give it a few games, and if it starts to feel fine and manageable then don't put a counterbalance mod on it put you know a target in a gesture put an icarus mod put literally anything else on it that is going to help you with your specific play style or just sort of make the gun feel just like that touch easier to use um, but i really prefer to avoid using a counterbalance mod unless i feel like the gun is just like not controllable but is going to be great if I can get it under control. And with Grid Skipper, I think a big part of the reason why I didn't feel the need for a counterbalance mod is because I got a roll with heating up. And so maybe for that first gun that first gunfight, it's a, a little bit sloppy. But then I reload. And it's not. And it feels great. Um and I, you know, I don't feel the, uh, I don't feel the need to, uh, to spin my mod in that, in that way. Um, your mileage may vary, absolutely, but I think heating up on this gun is just phenomenally powerful. Yeah, uh, it absolutely is. Um, I personally got one with arrowhead break, and I thought it was fantastic with arrowhead break really enjoying it um i think it'd probably be pretty good with chambered compensator as well um for perks obviously ricochet rounds fantastic flared magwell good uh, i would do either of those i do look for stability on these guns just flat out gonna stay it like, yeah absolutely range range is not my target on this like i want recoil direction i want stability those are the things that i want um and because of that heating up is absolutely golden it improves stability and recoil direction and accuracy. Yeah. Heating up is fantastic. A heating up multi-kill clip roll is what I'm looking for. I get arrowhead or chamber compensator with ricochet rounds, heating up multi-kill clip. Like that's my, that's my white whale. Um, I would also take tunnel vision multi-kill clip. I'd be very, very pleased with that. Um, obviously tunnel vision is the increased target acquisition, ADS speed. I'd be pretty happy with that. I have one with killing wind. It's great. Killing wind's a fantastic perk. Moving target, obviously good, but like this is what I'm saying, like moving target, man, old news. Like uh, tunnel vision and heating up are my new jam now, and moving target's just kind of, you know, it's a nice passive. It's not a conditional. You don't have to do something to get it, but 
Ah, uh, geez, it's just I, I I want the others, and then firmly planted and slideways. Slideways is not the good one. Slide shot is the good one. Uh, firmly planted, not tremendously great for this particular primary, in my opinion, uh, because you kind of want to be taking advantage of of the movement, and the burst firing. But uh, and then the last trait slot, you've got frenzy for PVE, you've got adrenaline junkie for PVE, you've got thresh potentially for PVE. High impact reserves, not particularly useful for anything. Snapshot, not particularly useful for anything. So uh, for PvP, multi-kill clip is my choice. For PvE, probably high level, it's going to be Frenzy or Adrenaline Junkie uh, or, or Thresh. Thresh is also good for PvP too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, what I'm looking for here, since I'm not super concerned about the recoil, is probably Polygonal Rifling. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sneeze at Chambered Compensator, although I always hate to, to tank uh, handling if it's not necessary. Ricochet rounds, heating up, multi-kill clip. Um, you know, end up with pretty solid stability out of the gate. Um, and then once you bank that first kill, all you got to do is keep finding people, and the gun is just so easy to use. And the wonderful thing, it's multi-kill clip, not kill clip. So you get less of a damage bonus if you just get a single kill, but you can basically just continually refresh it. Um, and when we're talking about what multi-kill clip does to uh, to rapid-fire pulse rifles, so uh, multi-kill clip first stack, I believe, just makes it easier to use. I don't think... Oh, no, it does It does change the rapid... Or it does change the uh, TTK... Uh, but it doesn't quite cut it down, like it doesn't cut a burst out of it. Uh, it just takes two less shots from within the same burst. So it brings the TTK down to 0.67 seconds, uh, which is actually equivalent to where high impacts are natively. But at two stacks of multi-kill clip, um, it's going to be 0.67 seconds, but with five crits and two bodies. So a super, super easy 0.67 seconds. And then with three stacks of multi-kill clip, it's 0.47 seconds because it is uh, only two bursts from a rapid fire, five crits in one body. So I don't know how often you're going to get three stacks of multi-kill clip in, uh, you know, in, in Crucible. But if you can, you're basically going to have like a lightning fast DTK. Yeah, um, I don't. Do you have enough shots for that? Uh, yeah, just barely. If you don't miss, you have enough shots. You'd have to you'd have to very nearly empty the magazine, but it is it is feasible. Um, you could miss, I think, like two bursts and still still pull it off. Uh, maybe three. Or you find some people who are injured. It'd be the most realistic way. Sure. Of doing it. Yeah. Is you'd be cleaning up a bunch of kills and stealing them from your teammates. Yeah, if you if you're if you're fortunate enough to pick up uh three cleanup kills, <laughs> then uh then God help the next person you find. Um but I think the great thing about heating up and multi kill clip is the way that the timers interact. Um because they both have slightly longer timers than some other perks. Multi kill clip lasts for about five seconds, heating up lasts for uh what, seven or eight seconds. Um and so that gives you a pretty decent amount of time to find another encounter, which I like a lot. Um, some of the other perks, you know, Kill Clip is, uh, is more directly powerful, but you've only got three seconds. So you've got to try to stretch the time before you reload, and then you've got to try to use it right away. And that can be difficult to pull off sometimes. So 
Anyway, bottom line is Grid Skipper is phenomenal. Grid Skipper's good. Chroma Rush is good. Ignition Code is pretty unique. Uh, if you're if you're not like anti grenade launcher, uh, farewell is the only one that's really disappointing to me. So yep. overall, a uh, a really good batch of weapons. So definitely uh definitely enjoy those things and uh, and get to grinding. I'm sorry it took us so long to get the override weapons done, but I think we are uh, done for tonight. Yep, closing out here uh, two hours and fifteen minutes into this episode. So definitely going to be a two parter. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a great place to leave it. Uh, This is a great batch of weapons, and I look forward to grinding them. We'll see you out there. All right, guys. Have a good night, and we'll see you, I guess, tomorrow for Star Wars Beneath Twin Suns, uh, Season 4 of The Clone Wars. Awesome. Night. Bye.